Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 163, where in a moment we chat marginal gains. That's in just a second, as I say. But please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here. You can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, vesting, wills and powers of attorney and loads more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time we chatted investing in luxury watches. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis and here's the star of our show, Phil Anderson. Hi, Phil. Hi, John. How are you? Good, thank you. Okay, I'm excited about this one, Phil, because I think most people might have an idea of what this is, but how we apply it to finance is something else altogether. Let's start, though, with an explanation for those who maybe haven't heard of the term. What's the concept of marginal gains? Yeah, the, the concept of marginal gains, it's it's one where you look to make small improvements to make things better. If you keep making small improvements, it can over time lead to big improvements or big gains. Sometimes as well, making a number of small improvements, it can be easier to do rather than trying to make one big change all in one go. So, so that's really what we mean by, by the concept of marginal gains. Okay, I think this has got a fairly famous example, but take me, give me an example of how marginal gains works. Yeah, pro- probably a good example would be a chap called Sir David Brailsford and Team Sky. He's often actually known as the marginal gains guy. Sir Dave Brailsford, um, he was the performance director of British Cycling and the team principal at Team Sky. Now, if you looked at British Cycling, what it had achieved like years and years ago, There was nothing. I think they'd won one medal in about 70 or 80 years. If you look at things in recent years, the British cycling, I mean, it's been nothing short of staggering what they've achieved kind of in more recent times. I mean, we had Bradley Wiggins, Chris Froome, Geraint Thomas. I think the three of them all won the the Tour de France. But Chris Froome won it a number of times as well. So they kind of dominated that for, for several years. At the Olympics with success, there was the likes of Chris Hoy, Jason Kenney, Victoria Pendleton. So all, all quite well-known names in, in that field. And the, the cyclists, they kind of improved through marginal gains. So it's a great example to, to kind of look at. And what they did was they looked for small improvements in so many different things. They, they also went into a lot of details. So, for example, they would do experiments in wind tunnels. They were searching for small improvements for, for the aerodynamics to try and see if that could make them go a little bit faster. But by analysing the mechanics of the, the, the team truck, they looked at the mechanical area in there. And what they discovered was that the, the dust was accumulating on the floor and that kind of undermined the, the bike maintenance. So what they did was they painted the floor white in order to spot kind of impurities. So that was just like another example of something that they they did. They hired a surgeon to teach the athletes about proper hand washing. So that was to try and avoid 
any illnesses during competition. And also during the Olympics, they actually had a process in place where they decided not to shake anybody's hand during the Olympics to try and stop the spread of germs. And this was all pre-COVID days. So, I mean, nowadays people will maybe be a bit more cautious or things like that. But th this was all done like years ago, a few years ago. So it was before the, the COVID times. They were really precise about their food preparation. They even went to, to the lengths. They would bring their own mattresses and pillows so that athletes could sleep in the same posture every night. Now, do, doing things like that, doing one of those things on its own isn't going to win you a gold medal at the Olympics. But if you take all those things together, it would just give them a competitive advantage. And in a sport there where kind of almost like milliseconds are, are so important any slight improvements that they could make made a massive difference to them overall so the the british cycling team a few years back that's probably one of the biggest examples of, of marginal gains and and how that works yeah and i'm gonna i'm gonna add another couple of names to the mix there neil and laura fahey because you covered off pretty much everything from uh, the tour de france through the olympics paralympians uh, from our part of the world as well phil from uh, from aberdeenshire yeah. Neil Fahey, and uh, he talks exactly that game, including the um, the white floor where they brush the dust, and he's been a part of it. The other thing is as well, obviously, the frame of the bikes and the wheels and all of that. If they can make them lighter and faster and more durable and stronger, then they do all these things. And all of this sounds fantastic, and I grasp the concept, and it all adds up. But why not do it more quickly and, and make big changes? Yeah, humans don't like big changes, and, and our brains... Don't like big changes either. I think from a science point of view, these small changes are more like more likely to be achieved than, than if someone sets something for a, a big change. So sometimes if you try to change too much too quickly, you end up going back to your old ways kind of very quickly. An example, I, I was listening to somebody recently and, and he gave an example of an elastic band, how if you pull it, it'll just automatically go back to what it mm. was before. And I guess that we, we're a wee bit like that at times. You try and pull something too much and again, bang, it'll just go right back to, to how it was before. So sometimes it's easier just to make those small changes and then once you get into a good habit of something, then just another one, another one. Uh, and sometimes that can just be a bit easier for us rather than try to do the too much all in one go. You're right as well. People don't like change. <laughs> it's, yeah. we're, we're habitual creatures, so a tiny bit at a time. Is it possible to improve every day, though? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, there's some days where it's maybe harder than, than others, but I, I was having a look. If you get better by 1% each day for a year, you'll end up 37 times better by the time that you're done. Um, and you've also got to take into account what's called like compounding. So if you improve by 1% today, if you then improve by 1% the following day, that's actually got to be more than you think, oh, it's a 2% increase or improvement. But it's actually more than that because you're, because you're getting better and then better again, you've almost got like a compounding effect. Same as what you have when you've got your money um, sort of say in a bank or building society, getting an interest rate, then that's compounded over time. And it's the same way with kind of us when we're, we're kind of improving every day as well. Okay, I follow all of this. And uh, again, uh, whenever we talk about stuff like this, I always, I always love these shows. But I'm wondering here where you're going to bring this back to finance and how can we incorporate marginal gains into our finances? You know, I, th I think there's so many ways that we can do this. I mean, some, some examples 
that, that I would give you just now. But it could be that you want to, to check your account balance every day. So if you've got a good idea how much you've got in your bank or building society, that's a good starting place. Most A lot of people don't know how much they've got or how much they don't have in some cases. But So that might be a marginal gain is maybe to say, right, I'm just going to check my bank balance every day just to see exactly what I've got. I suppose by doing that, it makes you a little bit more conscious about what you're spending your, your money on. Another example could be to, to do a monthly budget. I'm always a great one for, for kind of preparing and, and budgeting. So maybe saying, right, once a month, I'm going to just sit down, do a budget, what have I got coming in, what have I got going out? It could be, you, you maybe say, right, again, for me, would be setting up an automatic payment to come out of my current account and my savings account each month. So that could be another sort of marginal gain that you could look at when you're kind of trying to incorporate into finances. You could do a list every everything that you're spending your money on each day. Again, that kind of makes you think, right, what am I actually needing to be spending money on? Wouldn't it take that long? I mean, just, you, you could almost like, I mean, on a lot of phones these days, I mean, I know on my iPhone, there's a notes section. So, I mean, it'd be easy enough for me every time I spend money in a day, just to say, right, what did I spend it on? Do I need this? Do I not? And again, that would be a, a good habit to, to get into. So that could be another kind of marginal gain. Other ways you could use marginal gains could be things like you could make your lunch each day instead of buying it from, say, the baker or a hot food outlet. Then with the money that you're saving, you could add that to a savings account. And again, over time, that'll add up and, and it's kind of compound over time as well. Another marginal gain with your, your finances could be, say, maybe once a quarter review the direct debits that's coming off your bank account. Are you paying for unused subscriptions? I know I, I did a review recently on my own stuff. I was paying a subscription to Audible, which is where I listen to a, a lot of books. I listen to audio books on, on there. But now I, I can actually access books on my Spotify account. So that's saving me a tenner a month on, on my Audible subscription. So you got a lot of people that probably have duplicates of, of things. They've maybe got an Amazon Music. They've maybe got Spotify. My, my son, he was using, was it Sound, SoundCloud? SoundCloud, yeah. Yep, yeah, he was using that. And you, you might actually find, I mean, for, for him, I don't know how much he pays for that, but I've got a premium Spotify and I think you're allowed about five licenses off of that. So I could mm. let him use one of them. So I could save him a wee bit of money just by simply doing a little bit of a, a review. So I think there's probably lots of ways that we could incorporate marginal gains in our finances. I'm going to add one in there as well, Phil, and this is usually a negative, but I'm going to say swear jars, right? <laughs> <laughs> because there'd be money going at that every day. And then if we just put that straight into the bank, that'll be done so that's all pretty straightforward stuff you know i mean there's a lot there and they're all good things and for once in our show i'm sitting there puffing my chest out thinking i do some of this uh -huh. as opposed to oh no i'm gonna to have to go and fulfill directly after we come off here but what i'm wondering about is the more complex aspects of finance can we use marginal gains when it comes to things like you know pensions retirement planning that sort of thing Oh, yeah, you could certainly use it there as well. I mean, for, for pensions, for example, I mean, you could target, say, increasing your monthly pension contribution by, let's say, 5% a year. Over time, this would actually go up rapidly. So let's say you start in year one paying £200 a month into the pension. In year two, it would be £210. Now, you might think, right, if it goes up by the same again the following year, that would be 220 But if it was actually... 5% each year going up, it would be £220.50 because, again, you're paying 5% on a slightly higher amount. 
So over a longer period of time, that marginal gain would fairly add up. And again, this is because of like a compounding effect. Another marginal gain could be from learning. If you're learning about, you could read up about finances, you could make a commitment to say, right, I'm going to listen to this podcast every week. Please do. Um, That that could be a marginal gain (laughs) as well. So there's lots of ways that you can incorporate it with with like pensions, investments, learning. So so many different things in life that that marginal gains can, can be like applied to. Learning is something you're doing quite a lot of just now, I notice. You've, you've been talking about um, various coaches and, and things like that in, in recent podcasts. You're doing quite a bit of that, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, that, I was at, learning something I'm doing a lot of just now. I met Stephen Bartlett, um, the chap of Dragon's Den last week. Oh, yeah, week and, clang. Drop that name in I there. know. And then <laughs> it's funny, you're, you're saying about Neil Fackin. You, you did a podcast with Neil, was that right? I did, yeah, I did a podcast with, with, with Neil. I will get round to editing season two fairly soon. And there's some names in that one as well that I can't I can't divulge right now, Phil. Yeah. I'll tell you after we finish recording. But no, uh, yeah, was, so tell me about Stephen Bartlett, though. Oh, it was really interesting meeting him. And and he actually uses marginal gains for his podcast. And I was sitting there as someone that's got their own podcast. I was thinking, <laughs> wow, this is just unbelievable. So like so, some of the things, one thing I would say about him, he's such a knowledgeable chap. And I mean, like I, I know a lot about finances and personal finance and things. He seems to know a lot about everything. That was what struck me about him but he, he was saying like some some examples of some of the marginal gains that he does on his podcast so when they get a guest on that they'll have kind of like they'll try and find out what their favorite song is and have that playing as they come in to the studio to get them in a good mood and good vibe they've got the room set at a certain temperature so that they know it's going to be comfortable he was also saying that he's got a table on a uh, sorry a button under his table so what he does is every time they come over, a clip, if he's asking somebody a question, if he finds it a really interesting answer, he presses this button under his table, it records that segment, it sends it to kind of like AI technology tools, which then prepare a clip, which then goes out automatically on social media to promote it. <laughs> and I'm just, I'm sat there thinking, Wow, I'm in a room here. You're in a room in Glasgow. We've got our microphones, and that's it. it just, I suppose a marginal gain for me with my podcast could be right. We schedule it at a certain time, and that's maybe a good time for it to go out or post a preview at a certain time. But the detail that he went into was just unbelievable, and um, I guess that's why he's got the most listened to podcast out there, is it? That's because all these, again, all these marginal gains add up. He gets more listeners, more subscribers, and, and so, oh, Tate, it was a real eye-opener for me, that's for sure. And we're not that far behind, Phil. I'd quite like a button under the table as well, so if there's any guests that I don't like, we can just eject just them. Eject you know, them. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, all our guests today have been spectacular. It was just for a future thing. What else um, did you learn from Stephen last week? I mean, don't be scared to share. If there's anything more, just throw it out there. Yeah, I mean, no, I tell you, it was was really interesting. Um, one of the things that he was touching on was things like the the AI technology. Same as well, he was. I was asking about like what podcast platforms he thinks will be like the most popular ones in a year. And what he did say to that, he goes, we don't know now, but he's like, in a year's time, we'll know. And I was like, that that's it. Good, good planning. Good. Always looking forward. That's that's a thing, and and I guess you can incorporate that into financial planning and your finances as well. Being organised, and again, probably for me as a someone with a financial advice business, it's like right, we don't know what's going to do best over the next year, but 
we've got a good idea which areas should do well, which maybe won't do so well. And again, we can construct things for clients and, and that. So I, I took a lot from it last last week meeting him. I must admit it was was excellent. Really enjoyed it. Good. Uh, coming back to financial planning then, what, what tips could you give people to make marginal gains with their money? Yeah, one, one tip could be to, to go and arrange a meeting with a financial advisor or financial planner if you don't have one. I know for some people, they might find that quite daunting. They might put it off. I mean, again, as humans, we procrastinate an awful lot. I know I, I do it as well from, from time to time. So that, that might be one kind of thing that someone can do. Another tip could be to review your, your pensions and investments. I mean, if I could save someone half a percent a year on their investment charges. Now, let's say someone's got £50,000 investment growing at 7% a year over a 10-year period. If I save them half a percent a year in charges, that's going to save somebody over £4,000 in that mm-hmm. time. Now, you, you might think, hang on, half a percent of 50000 is only two hundred and fifty, but again, that's compounding if it's going up. I mean, the investments go up and down depending on, on what you're invested in. But um, that's just like an example as to how over a period of time, I mean, that half a percent, so that's not even 1%, that, that's like a half a percent a year on the charges. Um, on that example, is saving somebody over £4,000. So again, if you can make small gains on that, it can add up. I mean, that's only over a 10-year period. If you're working for 40 years paying into a pension, that kind of difference can be staggering to, to your retirement income somewhere along the line. So there's probably, coming back to financial planning, probably a lot of good examples we, we could give when it comes to, to marginal gains. Okay, I suppose, Phil, really, I mean, what this all comes down to, it's about forming and practising good habits, isn't it? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, um, I, I'm reading a book at the moment, which is really good. It's called Atomic Habits by a, a chap called James Clear. Um, really enjoying that one. And it's the same. It, it's going on about sort of forming habits and taking time to, to get into it. And the longer you do something, the easier it gets kind of going forward. I mean, for, for the last few weeks, I've been going to the gym four times a week. I haven't gone this week because I hadn't been feeling all that great. But I know like later today, that's, that's on my agenda. And because I'm getting into the good habit of it, I'm just starting to do it automatically. And that, that's the same way with your money as well. If you can form good habits, I always say my, my kind of number one rule is to, to spend less than you earn. If you can get into that habit each month, that's a good start. And okay. I think um, it is just getting into good habits is, is with your money and, and financial matters. Same as well, like I, I mentioned about having a, a an appointment with a financial planner or financial advisor, but even once you've sort of seen someone doing it regularly. So I, I'm always a great advocate for people taking ongoing financial advice. I always think don't just set things up initially, but take an active interest in things going forward and try to understand it a bit. And, and again, that probably comes back to the, the learning thing as well. But yeah, good good habits are are some, so important to, to get into. Here's something I've, I've never asked you, I don't think. Um, when you're talking about doing it regularly, let's let's look at you know your average, I don't know, your average Joe who doesn't have fifty thousand invested. They just have you know a pension. They've got maybe some savings. They might have an ISA, you know, but not not that huge yeah. uh, an interest in financial work. How often is regular? Is it once a year? Is it once a, a month? Well, I mean, like for for someone in that position, I know the, the advisors in my firm. They, they'll tend to meet most people annually is, yeah. is what they tend to aim to do. Now, if someone had more complex situation or 
very high net worth. They might say, look, let's maybe look at this every six months. But for, for most people, probably an annual financial review is, is a good thing because at that point they can check to say, right, are we saving enough? What's our Has our goals changed? Has our circumstances changed? So for, for the majority of people, I'd probably say annually would be be sufficient. I have to get around to that that annual thing, but it, first of all, Phil, I always make this pledge in in uh, in your podcast. At some point, you know, when the police declare an amnesty and they say, "Right, okay, uh, between now and next Friday, if you bring in any weapons, there's an amnesty on them, and well, we we won't charge you, but we want the weapons handed over so they're not in the in the community." I'm going to bring my ugly finances into you, and uh. <laughs> and you can declare an amnesty on them, and then just see what we can do. Uh, okay, just summarize for me this idea of the science of or the aggregate of minimal gains and how we might apply it in a financial sense to our benefit. Yeah, it's marginal gains. It's a great concept. Look at one small thing that you can change and then work on that. Once you get into the good habits and, and change one thing, then look at the next thing that you can change in a, a slight way. So uh, you don't need to do too many at once. I think, again, if you try to do too much too quickly, it often sort of backfires. But um, no, I definitely say with, with the sort of marginal gains, like I say, great, great concept, and just looking to change one small thing at a time. Yeah, could be as little as uh, as putting one pound aside a day. Who knows? Now, as uh, as we're all doing your uh, your podcast, Phil, we take a look at how our subject matter has affected your own life, both professionally and, and personally. So, what do you want to focus on from today's show on marginal gains? Yeah, I mean, I, I use marginal gains philosophy in the office for my business. I'm always looking at ways that we can enhance things for our clients. So some examples might be like small things with like background music in the office, comfortable seating. So that, that's just like small things there. And again, it doesn't make the financial advice good, but it makes the whole experience a bit better for, for people coming into the office. I, like I say, I'm using kind of marginal gains to try and get fitter at the moment. Um, I've been looking at my eating habits sleeping patterns, and I weigh myself every day when I get up as well. So that's just another small step. And, and by looking on that scales, fortunately, the last couple of weeks, most days I've been seeing things coming down. But if I have a day where it's maybe gone up, I think, well, what caused that? It, it ain't getting too technical with it, but it's just another thing that I've incorporated into my routine. And again, once it becomes a habit, you're just doing it automatically at, at that point. And then again, say, right, what else can we change? What can we tweak here and there? So you no know, marginal gains is something that I think is is great and, and use it in several aspects of my life. Okay, also on the podcast, a regular bit we delve into is Phil's quote of the week. Being a fan, as Phil is, of influential, motivational sayings and quotes. What do you have this week on a topic of marginal gains, Phil? Yeah, I've got a, a quote from Sir Dave Brailsford. I've actually met him. He was on a flight that was at the Super Bowl a few years ago. Um, so name dropping again. I've got a photo <laughs> with him, which I'll post on. Did he not cycle? Yeah, I don't know. Long way to cycle. But um, I've, I've got one of his quotes this week. You can achieve optimal performance by the aggregation of marginal gains. It means finding a 1% margin for improvement in everything you do. It's kind of, you know, if you talk about the cornerstone of, uh, of financial planning, the cornerstone of, uh, I guess, sports science is that theory, isn't it, really? Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, we, we spoke quite a lot about sports today because of that example, but th there's so many different things that, like sport, I often think goes quite closely with business and, and quite closely with, with life as well. I mean, if you want to succeed in life, different people got different goals and 
the, the marginal gains, it's not just a concept for sport, it's something that you can use in, in your finances and, and financial matters as well. Yeah, small stepping stones. Uh, now, Phil is uh, really keen on trying to help you with your query. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask them anonymously if that's how you prefer things. Let's get on to this week's uh, contact details in just a minute. As I say, I'll give it to you after this. The first one is from Gail in Stonehaven. Hi, Phil. As we come towards the end of another year, I know you don't like to look too much into the crystal ball of finance, but if you had to take an educated guess at some of the things that may happen in the world of money over the next 12 months, what would you suggest? Maybe a safe bet. And one that's a rank outsider. So one of each. Yeah, I think that's a great question. I was going to say safe bet, the rich will get richer. <laughs> that, that could be one. But I think a safe bet is that we'll see more banks closing. I think that's almost a pretty safe You mean physical bet. branches? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, they, not so much banks going under or anything, but yeah, yeah definitely like, like branches closing. So I would say that would be a, a kind of pretty safe bet for the, the year ahead. I'll class this as a rank outsider, although I don't really know if... I mean, some people would probably agree with this, but I was going to say the speed that AI is developing, I think it's going to be in the next year an awful lot more rapid than what people will think. And if I was kind of making a prediction for next year, I think that someone in the next year will develop a model for financial advice where everything is done by your computer and they actually a person behind it. So I, I think that'll come quicker than anybody expects. So that, that would be my kind of like almost a bold prediction for, for next year. I think a lot of people think that'll come one day, but most people I speak to, oh, it's years away. It's not going to affect us. But I, I think the speed at which technology is going just now, I think it's going to come in an awful lot sooner than what anybody thinks. It's compounding its aggregate gains, isn't it? Yeah. It is. So th- this time next year, I'll be doing a podcast with the Philbot. <laughs> I definitely know. <laughs> <laughs> the real Phil is in uh, Las Vegas. I'm Philbot. <laughs> How can I help you? Next up, here's one from Stephen who asks, Hi, Phil. I've been saving with my partner for a long time for a deposit on our first home, and it's always been just out of reach. But I know the mortgage market is fluid. And I wondered if there's been any development recently or some which are rumoured to be coming, which might make our task easier. Yeah, that's it. I mean, things change all the time, um, especially in the mortgage market. Nothing ever stays the, the same for long. Most lenders, they tend to look for a 5 to 10% deposit. However, there there may be other options out there for Stephen. I'd recommend getting in touch with a whole market mortgage broker. They'd be able to look at things like the Skipton Building Society, for example, have got what's called the track record mortgage. That's a 100% mortgage, but there's certain criteria you have to meet to, to be able to qualify for that. A mortgage broker can also let you know things such as any low-cost housing schemes that might be available in your area. So definitely worth sitting down with, with someone or, or even just a call to them to say, look, this is my situation. How far am I off of, of getting what I need to, to get. So that's what I would recommend for, for Stephen in this instance. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a lot of topics and we might have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 163 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn too, or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil 
at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send them your question and Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's what you prefer. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us. Please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time. And thanks for listening. Thanks, John.